Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. And welcome to Talking Tolkien. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. And we are your stewards through Middle Earth. <laughs> uh, today we will be discussing chapters three and four of The Lord of the Rings, colon, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, and this is our third episode focusing on Lord of the Rings. Uh, if you are new to our podcast, please go back and check out our issues on or our episodes on Silmarillion. Yes. We're periodical. If you're new to our uh, audio magazine, please (laughs) check out our issues on the Silmarillion. Going strong since 1965. (laughs) Yeah, that's not actually really a good record for a magazine, though. Because, like, you know, like the Harper's Weekly in Atlantic in, like, the 1800s. We're a baby magazine. We're like Miss Magazine. But anyway, we have previously uh, done podcasts on the content of the Silmarillion and The Hobbit. Oh, boy. Oh, so. And periodically, I like to quiz Chase on oh, elements no. thereof because he can never remember them. And oh, something's no. going to come up in today's uh, oh, discussion no. about that. Ha ha, yay! All right, Chase, name a dwarf who is not Thorin, Balin, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, <laughs> Dory, Nori, or Ori, or Feely, or Keely. Wait, that's like all of them. No, no there's one more. There's one more? Oh, same again. <laughs> I don't even remember who I said. Rhymes, oh. with, rhymes with Balin. Oh, yes, that's right. Mollet. Dwalin. Dwalin. Dwalin, damn. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, we I guess uh, we can start off with our Today in Middle Earth date. So we have two. The first one is rather benign, and it's just Bilbo is prepping for his 11th birthday party. Yeah, because remember, so today is uh, September 17th, and Bilbo's birthday is coming up soon Bilbo and Frodo's birthday and on that day it is customary to uh, celebrate next so week all the little hobbits are already talking about so we'll be food. Yeah, in a couple days we'll be having our own feast at which it rains drink and snows food yeah yeah like true hobbits rains drink <laughs> what type um, of drink any kind of Wait, drink we want. They drink a lot of beer, so yeah. there we go. And wine. I got a lot of, of beer, guys. Particularly fond of beer and wine. You don't okay, have you have a lot of rolling rock. A lot of rolling because rock. somebody brought that to your party. <laughs> brought that party and left it around. You want it? And I none of us one. wants to drink it, and I'm sure none of the hobbits would. I've either. been watching your girlfriend like slowly drink it as if she feels like like compelled to. Like I, I, I have feel, to have a can of it. I feel bad for her. Uh, but yeah, so our second uh, today in Middle Earth. Uh, happens a little later, and it's Gandalf being held captive at- captive atop Orthanc. What that? We Excuse will... me, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> what that? We will discuss that later, oh. my friend. Uh, is that like Chapter 5 stuff? <laughs> Whatever Chapter 5 is called? <laughs> Let's get ahead of ourselves. Yep. All right, so yes, uh, where we last left Mr. Baggins and Mr. Gamgee mm-hmm. and Mr. Mithrandil, 
Mithrandir. Mithrandir. Mm-hmm. Not deal. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Mithril and Mithrandir <laughs> because they both start with Meath, which means what? Like bright? Yeah. Shine, shining. Shiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, got or, the, mm-hmm. we got the lore of the ring again. Yes. Part two. Yep. And, and so Frodo was absolutely terrified. And, mm-hmm. you know. And so then. We, and then, and then uh, also he had decided he's going to leave the Shire to take the ring out of it um, because he wants to protect the Shire. And hold on. Then decides. You mean that, Frodo, right? Yeah. Because one of you said Gandalf, and I was very confused. I was like, I don't know if oh, I read sorry. the right book anymore. Yeah. No. So so Frodo has decided. Yes, I'm going to leave the Shire. I'm going to at least carry the ring out of the Shire. And he clock down river, and that's it. Done, done, done. <laughs> but we know that doesn't work. And throughout all of this info dump uh, on ring history and dark lords and quests and whatnot. Our dear friend Sam Gamgee had been accidentally eavesdropping outside, although he says there are certainly no eaves on at Bag End, but anyways, it uh, Gandalf pulls him through the window and decides, Sam Gamgee, you're going to accompany Mr. Frodo. As punishment, which he as doesn't punishment. seem too punished by. <laughs> which, He's yeah, not... this is this is the best thing. If, if all <laughs> yeah, punishments could be as great as this for Sam, he would love it. Hey, your punishment is you get to go on a venture and maybe meet elves. And Sam's like, I'm down. I'm down for that. I'd be down for that, too. Get to meet some elves. Right? Great. Right? So now here we are. Chapter three. Three is company. Wait. Three is company? Yep. Okay. Three is company. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew the three is company <laughs> uh, theme song right off the top of my head. But I- no. Da, 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 da. That'd be the good one for this da, one. Da, 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 so the only thing that's that, the, no, that's the Willow Blend theme song. The only <laughs> thing that came to my mind right, right when you said that, and I don't know why, is the theme song to Cheers, which is has nothing to do with that. But <laughs> I don't know how. So you how? Mean, okay, nobody knows how brains work. No, <laughs> no, we don't. No one knows how brains work. Wait. Let's be true to your school. My brain is just a mouse on a wheel. My favorite. My favorite. Like classic. TV theme. In fact, I was singing it earlier today. Uh, is Laverne and Shirley? Mine's <laughs> the Munsters, but whatever. <laughs> or I mean, the Adams Family is is a great yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah. Adams yeah. Family is a pretty good one. Okay, so uh, we need to start talking. So it's been a couple of months now, and Frodo still hasn't left the Shire, and. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gandalf's kind of prodding him. He's like, well, "What's He's taking like, you so long? You need to leave." And Frodo, what are you doing? The apocalypse is happening. Right. Frodo s- decides to leave on his fiftieth birthday, kind of as a as a an homage to Bilbo. Yeah. It's a small a party too, but he's he, and he and he's also kind of thinking he's trying to like stretch this out a little bit because he still has this feeling of not quite wanting to leave the Shire because yeah. again he loves it it's where he's grown up but but this he is also like, is thinking fiftieth birthday that's the time to start an adventure. This is like when you're so from having a midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is like when it's like you know eleven thirty and you're on Tumblr and you know you should go to bed and you're like but I don't want to leave Tumblr yet and you keep <laughs> clicking around and all of a sudden it's 1.30. And we have come to that point where we use Tumblr as an analogy for something in Tolkien. Yes. That's what you you people we in have the listening scape have, have signed up for. It, it's actually an Strap acronym. In. It's actually an acronym for uh, Tolkien Universe Metaphor Let's go. Let's keep uh, going. Come on. Brandy Buck. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Loser regeneration. Great. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what you were going? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Frodo is also you know, but there's that whole symbolism thing of leaving on his fiftieth birthday, just like uh, Uncle Bilbo did. But he also is thinking more in his mind about following Bilbo than he is actually about dealing with the ring. He's he still is in this 
point where he still wants to maybe follow and catch up to Bilbo. Hey, Katie, it's because adve- adventures are just pony rides in May, right? Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been noticing Frodo's already yeah. having the same feeling <laughs> about adventuring like Bilbo did at the beginning of The Hobbit. And maybe this will be nice and pleasant. This is going to be nice and pleasant. And they're not even going to leave the Shire before <laughs> stuff gets bad, unlike so, with, with Bilbo. So eventually Frodo kind of contrives a way for him to be seen leaving Hobbiton. Mm-hmm. That does not arouse a lot of suspicion. Uh, and in doing so, he drops a lot of hints that he is kind of going broke. Mm-hmm. So he does the unthinkable which is he no. sells that sells that house sells he, a hole in the ground he, he sells, sells bag and a comfortable dry hole in the ground to the, the Sackville Bagginses Katie and I did not practice that that just happened this is how, we operate on this level though. yeah they do so. it's weird <laughs> but yeah that's oh, man gosh it's, it's crazy stuff and as, right what's now. her name Lobita Lobella Lobita Lobita it's like, okay. Sorry. Lobita. Lo- light of my life. Fire <laughs> of my hobbity loins. Uh, it's Lobelia, right? Lobelia. That's yeah, much better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love how she gets like this, like, I've been waiting 70 years to get yeah. this. Yeah. So Otho has died, but her son Lotho moves in with her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so there's all kinds of gossip going around. And people are more intrigued by the fact that Mr. Frodo is selling Bag End than by the fact that there are, like, giants on the borders of the Shire and other kinds of weird things happening. So Frodo, that was a good plan. Yep. That was a good plan. That was a good, pr- good plan, Frodo. Because he knows that all of his, all the, his neighbors are super nosy. Hobbits are super nosy. They're right. weirdly nosy. And... So yeah, that's the, the and he's gonna move out of town. He's gonna move out of Hobbiton to. Um, he's gonna move to Crick Hollow, yeah. So which it was is, okay, yeah. Which is past. It's kind of uh, out in Buckland. He's go, so he's basically going back to where he grew up. This is the point where in okay, it took me a lot less time. Okay, the Silmarillion right off the bat, I'd pull out a map because I was like, what is going on? Where is anything? <laughs> uh, the Hobbit. It took me, I think, the second chapter and mm-hmm. pull out a map. This one, it took me three chapters, but. I pulled out a map and had to go, okay, what is anything? I don't know what's going on. And I had to figure out where, okay, so he's heading east. Yes. yes. Okay. Because for a while there, I was like, is he heading west? What is going on? Like, I didn't, I was a little confused. Nope, he's going east. And so I, at this point also, Gandalf has to leave. He has to go south to get some news, he says, because it's been a long time yeah. since he's you know, heard anything, and he's hoping to find some information out, and he also, you know, he still is advising Frodo to leave as soon as possible, and Frodo's kind of like, well, where where, where should I go? And that's, I love Gandalf's answer. That's such a great, <laughs> that's such a great kind of, okay, I just love how he's like, where do I need to go? And he's like, north, south, whatever, <laughs> where, and then he's like, no, seriously, where should I go, dude? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, into danger. He's yes! Like, no, just, Tell me where I need to go. <laughs> and Gandalf's like, to danger. But take no direct course, he says. You know, and, and make sure it's not something that you can be easily followed. But yeah, that's so great. It's it, That is such a Gandalf thing, you know? Uh, <laughs> you're you're going to go off into danger, son. <laughs> Frodo's just, okay, they, they thanks, do. old man. He does eventually advise Frodo that he should probably go to Rivendell. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I, I the elves? adore make, the that make danger Sam thing. <laughs> oh yeah, but that that I couldn't. I was laughing at that because I was just like, Gandalf, you are. It's like it's like Gandalf, like in like, the Hobbit felt a little more direct, and now he's just like whatever. <laughs> just head towards. You see fire, go to it. 
Um, He's like an ornery substitute teacher that really doesn't care. Right. <laughs> yes, but, very but, much but, so. But he, but he leaves very direct message, though. Do not use the ring. That's imperative. Yes. You do not use the ring. So the time comes and Frodo starts to pack everything up. And he has a, kind of a small birthday feast at his house. With just his four friends who had been helping him pack everything up from back Mary, end. Pippin, and the guy who wasn't in the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mary, Pippin, um... And Sir does not uh, appear in this. <laughs> Falco Boffin and Fredegar, also known as Fatty Bulger. Yes. Which, Fatty great Bulger. name. Great name. You know, we should we Fatty should make a, a drink called the Fatty Bulger. I'm sure we could. I feel like it would be like, like a... Like, like, a, like a wheat beer based something you know like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. like a beer cocktail yeah yeah we should get on that all right so anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next day uh lord tellium or whatever her name is <laughs> Lo- uh, lobelia lobelia <laughs> comes and does like a precise inventory because she's that kind of a person wanting yep. to make sure that frodo didn't stiff her on a single spoon ironically <laughs> uh and he kind of shoes her off with a key. Says, come back at midnight. That's when the property's yours. And then they kind of start off. So Mary is waiting for them at the new house. And then Sam and Pippin are walking with Frodo. And they've got some packs with stuff. And, 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 I, and I, for some reason, my brain went to them just like stealthily, like crossing over like the hills of the Shire to stay away from people. So they I don't know why. Well, they start, Probably not exactly right. Well, almost. They start out on the road, and they just, you know, this is kind of beginning to be sort of, again, like a leisurely fun walk through through the Shire. It's, it's going to be Frodo's last time that he's going to see... Yes. Oh, so they send Sam off on one errand, so it's just Frodo and Pippin. Mm-hmm. And Frodo hears somebody asking the gaffer... Sorry. You can keep going. I gotta get paper towel real quick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Frodo hears a voice that sounds rather unpleasant, yeah. and he's asking the gaffer questions about Baggins. And the gaffer, to his credit, says that Frodo left that morning, and he went off to the Brandybuck Ferry. Yeah. Brandybuck. Brandy. Buckleberry. Buckleberry. Buckleberry yes. Ferry, which is in Buckland. <laughs> Buckleberry Ferry is the best thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry. Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry. Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry okay. ferry. That yes, it's from my album. Back to back to talk talking being pretty awesome with words, right? So yeah, Frodo hears this and he he has half a mind to go and you know see who's asking, but he thinks better of it, which, as we'll see, turns out to be have been a good a good idea, and he sets off with with Pippin and with Sam later, uh, unknowingly, taking the same path that Bilbo had taken when he left, which is kind of charming. Well, and a little bit to be expected because as stated by in a little bit where, and it's an amazing bit where he's referencing back to something Bilbo always told him. Yeah. About how there's only one road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this yeah. Like statement about it, like, this road in front of the house will take us, will take you directly to, and he references Mirkwood. And, yeah. And that's, I'm not surprised that there's like a similarly, like, I know what, Bilbo's getting at with saying there's only one road, but I'm just not surprised because it's still like saying that kind of like history's repeating itself. Mm-hmm. And 
Tolkien has very made a point, having read the Silmarillion out of The Hobbit, history has a way of repeating itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not at all surprised by this. Yeah, I, I really like that too. That's a nice touch. Well, and he compares the the roads to like a river and all the other and that they have like tributaries. tributaries. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're you know they're they're setting off, and it's kind of just a leisurely, nice, fun walk at night. And uh, I sure do love walking at night. Yeah, walking at night's the best. Walking <laughs> at night's great. <laughs> stars and stuff. They they expect uh, Mary expects them the day after next to arrive at Crick Hollow, and so they you know overnight they sleep under a tree and and then in the morning they have a nice breakfast and kind of wait for a while and they don't even set off until like ten something in the morning because again these, these are hot yeah, like, still like it was like <laughs> breakfast at like half after nine or something like that yeah. half to nine or yeah so super late compared to it and also there was a great little character moment with Frodo which made me kind of like kind of like fleshed out my character of Frodo being different than Bilbo mm-hmm. like he makes a reference towards like bathwater to Sam yeah. Yeah, and Frodo's like, "Well, I'm I'm not carrying bathwater because Pip, well, Pippin had asked, yeah, are you gonna are you gonna warm up the bathwater?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Frodo's like, "I did not carry any what? bathwater." What have you been out of the bush, dude? <laughs> but there's also a moment there that's 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 really nice. So um, they they stop for lunch, and Pippin kind of notes how the road just keeps going on. And uh, then Sam is looking out too, and they're they're kind of looking at the road and at the forest and at the river over there. And Sam is kind of wondering if there are elves who live over there. And uh, see a dude on a horse. Yeah. Right? Is that is that we're at the right part? Uh, no, not quite. So Frodo then starts to speak. Like, just like he's talking to himself, but of course the others hear him. And he says this, uh, the road goes ever on and on song, you know, that, yep, that, yep, that Bilbo yeah. had sang, had sung when he had left. And so Pippin kind of remarks that it sounds like Bilbo, and was that Mr. Bilbo's song, or did you make that up yourself, or are you imitating it? And Frodo, you know, admits that it reminds me of Bilbo. Um, he says, he used often to say that there was only one road, that it was like a great river, its springs were at every doorstep and every path was its tributary. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out of your door, he used to say. You step into the road and if you don't keep your feet, there is no knowing where you might be swept off to. Do you realize that that is the very path that goes through Mirkwood and that if you let it, it might take you to the Lonely Mountain or even further and to worse places? He used to say that on the path outside the front door at Bag End, especially after he'd been out for a long walk. So, yeah, absolutely that whole like one road thing and not you know stepping out on the road not knowing where the where the path will take you well and also referencing to places worse and in many yeah. ways frodo has to go to a worse place and in many yeah and in, and in yeah frodo already knows this and he's got this in the back of his mind even if the other hobbits aren't aware yet Hopefully. frodo that's wearing on his mind well and so very quickly uh events transpire to force our Lovely threesome off of the road, and they hear horse hooves behind them. Hey, it might be Gandalf. Let's go scare him. Let's hide and scare them. Scare I am him. Arthur, king of the Britons. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Monty Python references in this one. Um, but no, it's it's something terrifying, and they decide Frodo. You know, Frodo has this idea. He doesn't want to be seen on the road, and they should hide. 
and he, but but he also is kind of torn at the last second between curiosity to see what who this rider is and wanting to hide. But finally, he does actually hide. Well, he also had the thought of like, I need to like take out the ring, and he like noticed that like he was already like putting his hand in his pocket already. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's already ready to go. Yeah, have you ever have you ever given like a three year old boy a bath? No, I have not. Like no. The second that you take that you undress a, like a little boy, his hand goes right to his junk, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's like not even they don't even think about it. And that's what Frodo was like with the ring. That was weird. Just okay. Instinct. <laughs> Going to it. So anyway. But also, I want to note that the language used for this writer mm-hmm. was not necessarily too... It was creepy. Yep. It was weird. It, it was mysterious. Too, it was mysterious. It wasn't too supernatural or anything like that. It seemed, for the most part, like a guy mm-hmm. with a very black hood riding a black horse who was making sniffing at the air. Yep. Like, trying to pick out something he couldn't quite get. Like, it was weird, mm-hmm. but it wasn't too... It wasn't too overwhelming, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this. You're feeling the evil around, but it's like I don't know. I'm getting. I'm trying to like. I'm trying my best to put myself in the mindset of someone reading this in 1950. Honestly, 1950s. what it reminds me of, and this is probably purposeful, is Sir Gawain of the Green Knight. Zoom tight. Yes. Okay. Motorcycle. Okay. Weird thing Let's outside. just redo that. <laughs> Honestly, what it reminds me of, and this is probably purposeful, is, is uh. Oh my God, I'm tongue-tied. Honest- the green night. <laughs> Let me just start. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what it reminds me of, and this is probably very purposeful, is of Gowan and the Green Knight. When the Green Knight first comes in and kind of, you know, it surprises everybody and he's like kind of covered in moss and he's got his head in his arms and mm-hmm. all that. Is it Gawain? Gowan? I, I grew up... Thinking- I always thought it was Gowan. Okay, so I grew up thinking it was Gawain and then my professor, my English professor, who is a Chaucerian, mm-hmm. um, told me it was Gowan. But yeah. then I heard another professor recently saying Gawain. So. I've, I've heard both. I have... I I believe it's Gowan. But again, I've heard both. And I named my Dragonite and Pokemon Gowan. Potato, Gowan, potato, potato. So anyway, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a feeling that this might be a, kind of a reference just to... This is the kind of like literary tradition Tolkien wants to place himself within because, you know, he was kind of trying to write a mythology of, of Great mm-hmm. Britain. Gee, later on, after we finish The Lord of the Rings and further down the road, we can read some Tolkien, Gawain, and the Green Knight stuff. Ha-ha! Also, I wish to know <laughs> that <laughs> this is another example of things seeming like syncing up with Bilbo's journey, mm-hmm. but then slightly tweaked. Uh, like, I mean, uh, Bilbo realized around the point when he had to sleep through bad weather that this all sucks. I hate this. <laughs> Whereas Frodo is actively being pursued by something. Yeah, Frodo. Frodo it's is much darker right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and again, yeah, Frodo already knows that this is much different than Mister Bilbo's ba- journey. Basically, it's like getting from like instead of instead of like. Bilbo, who, when he's realizing this is all terrible, it's like, this is a discomfort, whereas with with Frodo, I feel like I might be killed. Like, yeah. something may kill me. 
Like, yeah, I can't I mean, believe like, this isn't impression. just the fact of not having food or a nice warm yeah. bed to sleep in. This is like being actively pursued I mean, by scary yes, people. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> Bilbo had been in mortal danger, but he'd never really been stalked. Yeah. And Frodo at this point realizes that he's being stalked. And then after the Black Rider leaves, Sam is like, oh, yeah. Gaffer told me that somebody dressed entirely in black was asking for you. And Frodo was like, I would have liked to have known that. <laughs> but Frodo was like, well, I did hear that. Mm-hmm. So then they decide that they're going to travel not on the roads. Yeah. To kind of avoid detection. Which puts them through a big, like, a lot of thick. And at this point, Pippin doesn't really know what the deal is, but he kind of goes along with it. And you kind of get the impression that Pippin is like, this is a little weird, but Frodo doesn't really want to you know, say anything. I felt really bad for Pippin, actually, because I totally understand that. It's like, we're just going to walk over to... Oh, what is going on? <laughs> oh, God. you know, it's just... Yeah. So then they, they sleep under a tree, and Frodo wakes up and, you know, feels pretty pretty bad, because I don't know if you've ever slept on a tree before, but if you've ever slept on anything that's not a bed, you feel pretty bad when you wake up. Gives you a hole in the back. And this is when the whole bathwater joke happens. And then they kind of take on and they start walking again and don't they have a second encounter well yeah so this is actually they're they're walking and they're kind of humming songs and you know so they have this encounter with the black rider and then they get back to a point of feeling a little more upbeat because they've they have a plan now that they're going to stay off the road um and then they hear more hoofbeats and they decide they're going to hide again and bilbo or I'm sorry, ah, Frodo. Ah, it's gonna happen ah, a lot. It's gonna happen a lot. Frodo uh, uh, kind of watches so that he can see if it's another black rider, and it turns out it is. It's a tall, shadowy figure next to a shadowy horse, and he's starting to move towards Frodo when all of a sudden there's this s- singing. You hear yep. like light singing voices, uh, and the black rider jumps on the horse and disappears. I want to know. That's when I found like. Okay, the first one was like, well, that was weird. This one was like, okay, this is creepy. Because, mm-hmm. like, the descriptions that Tolkien was using with the Black Rider right then was almost like, kind of like that feeling of you're seeing something you shouldn't be seeing. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, this is, this is... This is not this is not supposed to be seen by humans. And this is also like right on the edge of discovery, too. Because yeah. had this singing not happened... We can assume that that Black Rider would have sniffed him out and and noticed him and seen him. So, uh, thankfully, we're saved by the song of elves. And they're singing a song, and the song is O Elbereth Gilthoniel. Now, let's have a little pop quiz. Oh, no. Back from the Silmarillion. So, uh, Elbereth Gilthoniel, this is an elvish hymn to... uh, whom they who they call Elbereth. They call her the Queen of the Stars. Also, they call her uh, Snow White is a translation of her name, and that's in the song. Um, so she's called Elbereth, Star Queen, and Gilthoniel, Star Kindler. So who is this that they're is singing it to? It is Varda. That's what I thought. Yeah, yes. So remember, Varda was one of the Vala. She is Manwe's lady. She created the stars, and she took the light from the vats of Telperion and created the um, the uh, uh, constellations. Mm-hmm. And she was the Vala that Melkor hated the most, of course, because she created the beautiful stars, and he hated the stars. Well, and then she didn't she take the leave the two leaves from the trees and set them aloft as the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, uh, this is a song kind of hailing her and celebrating her uh, her craft because again, 
the elves, especially these type of elves, particularly love starlight. Wait, 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 wait. What elves are these again? Uh, well, wait. Fro- Frodo, Frodo recognizes I what re- kind of elves they, they are. They did say it. I, I, I remember. It's right here in my brain. I remember reading it. Well, Frodo remembers that they're high elves. And we, we also meet their leader, and his name is Gildor. And Gildor is of the house of Finrod. And do you remember Finrod? Uh, all, right, that, all right, never mind. Because that, that, that was the part I was like, I know that. Yep. I know that yep. name. And Ugh. Finrod was of the house of, or was, was one of the Noldor. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I swear, okay, honestly, I joke about that. I was, about, I was actually <laughs> about to say that. Cause and do you remember who the Noldor were? Uh, let me see. The, the Noldor were the kind of the branch of elves that were the highest and fairest and smartest to which Feanor belonged, and then mm-hmm. which largely rebelled and followed Feanor back to Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, because they decided we could have land in, in Middle Earth that could be ours. And these guys are coming back from where? Well, they are actually. This is, the, this is where I had to pull up the map, actually, because they, they are, kind of confused me a little bit right here. They're actually on their way out. Um. So okay. This is what confused me. They're on their way out. They're mm-hmm. heading towards the Grey Havens, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So they are going west. Well, they should be going west, but the map I was looking at looked like they were going east for some reason. That's not right? Well, okay, so Frodo and Sam and Pippin do travel with them, which would lead to the impression that they are going east. I was actually myself a little unclear on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's they- only. I think that's only because, okay, I think this is like one of the few times we're having read the Silmarillion and read a bunch of stuff pre- previously kind of confused me because I was like okay now I'm overly thinking about this <laughs> and where they're going and it's kind of confusing where I feel like I should just be like yeah whatever they're in the woods they meet these elves the elves are generally going west they're going okay the so hobbits are west. generally going they're east they're going east right <laughs> yeah and they're going to this place called Woodhall yeah so Woodhall is kind of like their it's like their uh, their forest house I guess we can say it. but it's, it's, it's not their actual hall it. Yeah. Um, but yeah so they you know they, they get to talking to the elves and uh, Gildon is very impressed with or Gildor sorry is very <laughs> impressed with uh, Frodo that he can speak um, their, their tongue because Frodo replies to him in the high elven speech and so then there's this great moment and Gildor is like don't say ta- don't say any secrets because uh, Mr. Frodo can understand us <laughs> because yeah. Mr. Bilbo taught him <laughs> our speech. But at the same time, he's very impressed with them, and and you know he's like he's a jewel of a hobbit. Um, so you know he asked them, "What are you doing here in the woods at night? This is odd. We haven't seen this since you know we came across Bilbo." And uh, Frodo is kind of talking to them and then Pippin pipes up and asks can you tell us anything about this black rider (laughs) yeah which I just imagined was like hey this dude did you guys see him yeah (laughs) and so yeah of course the having heard this the elves kind of talk about this amongst themselves and they're like okay uh, you're gonna you're gonna travel with us hey you wanna come with us we're gonna gonna go to Woodhall we're gonna put you up for the night at Woodhall And so, of course, like, Sam, I just imagine Sam just having this look on his face like like a dog does, you know, when you when you come home. It's a common, he's speechless. He's give, yeah. yeah. And like, just because Sam is getting to go and stay with elves and <laughs> yes. whatnot. So I just imagine he has this, like, wide-eyed, like, squeeze. So face. what's up with your friend here? <laughs> he's, uh. just, he's just super excited to be here. <laughs> he blew his brain by existing. <laughs> Because your hair full of starlight and whatever. <laughs> so they take them uh, to Woodhall, 
and the stars come out and it's kind of this beautiful imagery of the of the the colors of the stars shining and the constellations in the sky and the elves immediately burst into song. And, and, and not going to sleep. Because yeah. even Pippin's like, I'm going to go to sleep. And they're like, no! No! no. Food! It's, it's, time, <laughs> it's time for an elf rave. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll be honest. I couldn't help but think... None of you have watched Looking, the HBO series, and it's Mm-mm. not very good. Nobody really what, like should. Look Around You? No, anyway, there's they have like this like radical fairy rave in the Redwoods in California. California, and I couldn't help but think of that when I was reading this. I always think of, especially wood elves, I always think of them being just, like, wild and having the most fascinating, like, fire dance parties or something. I don't know. If you guys look like you should smell bad, but you all smell like cookies, so I don't know what's going <laughs> on here. Once a year, they get together in the desert for the celebration Burning Elf. <laughs> Yeah, they burn. They burn two effigies of a tr- two trees. Actually, yeah. they just construct an effigy of Feanor, and it burns from the inside. Oh! Wow, that's a deep cut. Feanor, you had that coming to you. Concerning though. deep cuts. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, the elves bring out food, and there's merriment and song and drink, and the the elves are like, we apologize that the the, the, the you know, food, the is, the subpar. food is subpar, and, and the hobbits like, this is are amazing. like. The hobbits are like, what are you talking about? This is like birthday party food. This is great. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, they talk about eating this bread that tastes like, I don't even know what. I uh, Just, like, Pippin remarks on the bread, and there's, like, tons of lovely fresh fruit that tastes, like, super sweet and glorious. I imagine it's, like, sweet food, but it doesn't have and, the terrible aftertaste. Yeah, it's like, you know? I imagine it would be sweet, but not cloyingly sweet. Yeah, so it's like a honey crisp apple. Yeah, like yeah, a honeycrisp yeah, apple. Yeah. Man, let's get apples after this. Okay. Also, I want to note that, uh, so, during this or after this, uh, uh, Frodo, I almost said Bilbo, so <laughs> Frodo has a moment where he talks with Gildor. Yeah. About some stuff, particularly with Gandalf, because they're all really worried and concerned that he's not showed up yet. Yeah. And I have to be honest, I really like... There are some I really, I really like this. I like this line, so I wanted to read it. Mm-hmm. Gildor was silent for a moment. I did not like this news, he said at last, that Gandalf should be late does not bode well. But it is said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. The choice, is, the choice is yours to go or wait. And it is also said, answered Frodo, go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no <laughs> and yes. Because this whole time, Frodo is like prodding Gildor for answers, and Gildor's like, well... I mean, you should really consult Gandalf for that because elves don't really give counsel. <laughs> and then finally, he's like, "Well, I will tell you this: you should you should go and you should go with friends." The Black Riders are bad, and Black Riders are bad. They are servants of the enemy. And and Frodo's like, "Why can't you tell me more about Black uh, Black Riders?" Yeah, that is all that's said. Yeah. It's just servants of the enemy. Servants of the enemy. And they, yep. he says like like extra layer of fear was put upon him. Yeah, like, just with this whole thing. But yeah, that exchange is. So great. He's a hobbit. Does he, need, does he need an extra layer of anything? They also were saying that that he's a little huskier than normal. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Walking is a little tougher. And like Frodo or uh, Pippin was like, yeah, no, he can carry a heavier, heavier pack because he needs to shed some weight anyway. Well, the last thing that that Gildor says to him, and I really liked this, and this is Tolkien is just full of this stuff. Yep. Uh, courage is found in unlikely places. Yes. Be of good hope. You know. Yes. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Again, there is there. Uh, 
we will meet so many characters who have such significant impressions that they leave on us. We're fighting this war, but here's some, like, bits of tidbits about life. Yeah, which is really, you know, what the whole book is about. (laughs) In fact, Captain Corelli's mandolin was based on an excerpt from The Lord of the Rings. Are you? Wait, what? He's doing that thing he does again. I can never tell. (laughs) It's too good. (laughs) Too good for this world. Uh, Sometimes I am pretty spectacular at BSing. (laughs) Now Frodo basically just goes to sleep yeah. with everyone else. Well, and he, then we lead to one of the best titled chapters of all time. He, he yeah. sleeps in like a kind of like a cot made from a tree. Yeah. It sounds very pleasant. It reminds me yeah. of those things from Avatar. That's what I was yeah. thinking, yeah. yeah. Totally. And so now we come to chapter four, a shortcut to mushrooms. My kind of shortcut. Right? Everyone wishes that they could find a shortcut to mushrooms. Mushrooms are the best. <laughs> so they wake up. And they and there's no sign of the elves. The elves are gone. And Frodo slept in, but they okay. So the elves left some food. Yeah. And Frodo slept in, and because he's a hobbit, yeah, they do. And they weren't going to leave any food for Frodo. Pippin wasn't, and Sam's like, we've got to. Yeah. So then they kind of get on their way, and there's a little argument about which way to take. Do we take the road? Do we take a shortcut? And Frodo insists that they take a shortcut, and then <laughs> at some point they see the Black Rider like on a ridge, mm-hmm. kind of far away. Yeah. I, d- I don't remember where this was chronologically, but they like see him passing on a road, and then Frodo swears he sees him turn right into the forest. That was that, cool. That was it. earlier. That was way okay, earlier, yeah. but yeah, that was a cool bit. Um, mm-hmm. So then they're kind of like going through, and they're in a forest, and then they like slide down a hill, and at the top of the hill is the Black Rider. Yes. Well, there they they had been cutting through. Um, the countryside and they come they're coming trying to figure out how to cross this stream and they turn yes. around behind them and see the black rider yeah, right. like it's on, sam who sees that yeah and uh so they well we certainly can't turn back now so they hide again um and they eventually manage to cut through again they they are going off the road to hopefully stay out of the sight of this black rider and again they have a moment where they kind of stop and eat some food and have some rest and feel a little been, better it's been raining and yeah they feel a little better the uh, elves, despite the rain the and despite elves the black filled rider. their water bottles with some kind of a nectar yeah and then they're about to leave when they hear this sc- high screech car- sort of wailing thing off in the distance that's not right at all I can't do anything <laughs> with this throat right now yeah you sound like a like a disabled whale <laughs> I don't know Aww. I'm imagining more about <laughs> God, warn me when well, you're going to do that. that topped off the scales over here. <laughs> you just blew out every single thing That's, over here. We're going to have to fix that. Yeah, that'll be fixed. <laughs> if tummy hurts. So, I imagine it would. You just inhaled a bunch of air into it. So they hear this wailing and then an answer, and it sounds like some evil and lonely creature. And they all, you know, they, they all instantly think the Black Rider, but they don't want to say it, and so they just continue. Um, and they figure out that they have indeed kind of gone off track and they've gone a little too far south and uh, they really don't know where they are. But finally, they they kind of correct their path a little bit and then they come across fields that are looking a little more well-tended and this is looking to be more like farmland now. And specifically, <laughs> it, it, like, and P- Pippin's like, wait, this is a farm. Pippin's is- like, I know what this is. This is the Ma- Farmer Maggot's Farm. Yep. And Frodo's like, oh no. Oh no, that guy. Frodo's oh, no. like, we can't go here because uh, he'll sick his dogs on me because I used to steal mushrooms from him. 
And they're all like, what? And then Pippin's like, he's actually really nice. And Frodo's like, no, he's evil. Yeah. And Pippin's like, whatever. We'll just go see him and I'll do the talking because Mary and I are friends with him and you just, you just stay back. <laughs> you and just stay back, what, Frodo. What, what played on my head was like a scene from its Oh Brother Art, though. I don't know why. My brain just like went straight to sepia tone and like dirt road and they're like coming up and then these... These these dogs are freaking out. Do not seek the, the ranger. ranger. What? I said, do not you, seek the ranger. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. But these dogs come barking at them, and they go barking at Sam and Frodo, but not mm. Pippin. And Pippin just like walks up, whatever. I know these dogs. I love how their names are like Wolf and like Fang or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in fact, there was like one part where he was like where Farmer Mag was calling him back where mm-hmm. actually he said heel yeah. but the names were already so like kind of like nondescript I thought heel was one of the dogs I that, for a yeah, second I and I was like oh wait I'm dumb <laughs> that's a command and so yeah Pippin's kind of talking to Farmer Maggot and Farmer Maggot's like there's some weird stuff going on here and uh, says well come on in and have some beer and we'll, and we'll talk a little bit and Pippin is very happy with this because he wanted to stop at an inn along the way yeah that had the best beer or whatever, and Frodo was like, "Well, we're definitely not going that way because it'll take too long." But so they they come in and and Farmer Maggot kind of tells them a little bit more and says there was a funny customer who was asking after Mister Baggins. Everybody in this in the Shire, the evilest looking thing on earth. They're like, "It's a, it's a weird customer, you know? a, a weird guy." Yeah, I just love it. So Maggot tells him... He looked like death and incarnate at all. (laughs) I didn't feel the crushingness of my soul happening in his face. Like, I am... Didn't feel impending doom. No, not at all. But, uh... So Farmer Maggot's like, well, if you want Baggins, you're gonna have to go to Hobbiton. And so then the Black Rider, though, says that, no, no, Baggins is going to come here. And if you see him, you tell me and I'll bring you gold. Yeah. Maggot's like, no, you won't. No. Maggot's like, uh, go away. (laughs) So... Frodo kind of wonders what to think, and he wonders aloud, and I love Farmer Maggot's response. He's like, well, you should never have gone to Hobbiton, because folks up there are real queer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because he was previously over there, and I went to, like, this moment of, like, Frodo, like, when I was, like, like, ten, and it wasn't my choice. Who, like, what are you to say? But I, but I love how, uh, like, Hobbits from every different sort of town within the Shire are constantly like, those folks over there are real queer. Okay. Those yeah. folks over there are real queer. <laughs> Never mind. You had this weird look on your face and I was afraid you were going to fall over. No, I had a question, but I realized it was not important at all. So never mind. <laughs> so they do tell the farmer that they need to get to the Buckleberry Ferry. Mm-hmm. Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry Fairy. Buckleberry Fairy. Buckleberry Fairy. Fairy, 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 Buckleberry. And the farmer's <laughs> like, well, that's about five miles off. You should stay for dinner. And Frodo's like, we appreciate it, but we really, really do need to go. And No, dude. Stay for dinner. And I'll drive and you, I'll drive you, you out there. there. And they're like, well, that sounds great. <laughs> so they do stay for dinner, and his sons and daughters come out, and his wife, and some farmhands. And guess what the number of the party is for dinner? What? Fourteen. Yep. Uh, Isn't that sweet? So Chase is calling a black rider right now. Yeah, Chase is... That really hurt. You shouldn't have done that. Now we're all going to be doomed. So they have dinner, and it's great. And then they start driving, and Frodo's like, man, this is the slowest ride ever. And then right as they're about to get to the ferry, 
they hear a sound they've been dreading. They hear hooves. Keep, 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 keep. I mean, sorry, clip, 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 clip. Keep, 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 And they hear a minor bird, apparently. <laughs> and uh, so Farmer Maggot's like, you stay here, I'll take care of this. And he goes and basically tells the, the rider that's on this horse, uh, go away, what are you doing here? Meanwhile, Frodo finds himself... Who are you? Frodo finds himself reaching for the ring. Again. Without even realizing it. Yep. And... Then Sam like hops up and like stands next to the farmer, and then the horrible black rider turns out to be Mary, Mary Brandybuck, who had like a scarf around his head to keep the fog out, and he and they're like, oh, it's just Mary. Okay, oh, it's good. him. All right, we're gonna be him anyway. So oh, they lost a day. Oh crap! Sorry. <laughs> it's like I thought you guys would never get here. I thought you had fallen in a ditch or something. And so then Farmer Maggot finally is like, well, I best be getting back before the misses thinks I've, you know, fallen in the water or something, and leaves them with a basket, and Frodo uncovers it and laughs because it's a large basket of his prized mushrooms, yes. which Frodo had been known for stealing when he was a child. <laughs> and then that's the end. That's yeah. it. That is the shortcut to mushrooms. So we've made it to the ferry, and still, you know, Frodo, meanwhile, throughout this whole thing, has this kind of thought in the back of his head he, he, he feels guilty for um, involving Pippin in this and he, he, he had asked Sam earlier he said I you know I, I'm still planning on leaving the Shire and Sam's like well yep I'm going too and Sam had revealed that he had talked to the elves as well and said don't you leave him yeah and Sam of course has no intention of doing what no Sam only understand I have to go to hell <laughs> And throw a ring into hell. Doesn't matter. Samwise Gamgee's going to stay with Mr. Frodo the whole way. All right, you know what the score is. He Let's is go. a hobbit of principle. <laughs> I am a hobbit of principle. No, this whole chapter, I swear, this whole chapter felt like... Day. I mean, think about it. It's like, it, this This felt like old brother art, though. Them running out on the road, them being pursued. Damn, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> them, them, them getting had by a one-eyed Bible salesman. When yeah, they wake up in the morning, happened. Frodo, my hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, my favorite part is just some of the language that he used. Mm -hmm. There's one that I don't remember and I didn't note down, but then there was another one, mm -hmm. uh, which was when they're with the elves, and it says, Sam refused to leave his master. Uh, when Pippin had gone, he came and sat curled up at Frodo's foot, and then he fell asleep. The dog. He's, like, a, he's dog. a dog. Sam is a puppy. So sweet. Oh, gosh. I, I, I have such trouble picking week. my favorite. I know, week. I know. Um... I really don't care. Like, <laughs> I there are some great lines that Pippin has. I'm gonna go with that. Well, okay. One one thing we didn't talk about. I will. Okay, I get two. I get two favorites this week. One is the description of the elves. Yes. Um, yeah. we, we didn't quite mention it, but there was you know the they they see the elves and they're almost like glowing. They have and, like starlight in their hair. Yeah. In the and the hobbits are you know regardless of how much they love the food that they're given, what they find more memorable later on is the the light in the in the elves' faces, which I just love. I love that. Um, and then I get two. I get two. My other favorite is Pippin has some great lines in these yes. chapters, and one of them so. Uh, after Frodo had described the, the black rider, he was like, he says, your talk of sniffing riders with invisible no noses has unsettled me. I yes, that. that was so great. <laughs> and, 
And then later on when uh, Frodo wakes up after the elves leave and Pippin is kind of like antsy and wants to talk to him, ask him questions. And Frodo's like, leave me alone while I'm eating. I want to think. And Pippin says, um, uh, what does he say? Uh, he says, good heavens at breakfast. <laughs> Why would you want to think <laughs> at breakfast? So that one was so good. It was also my favorite moment. <laughs> that was that, that right there. The good heavens at okay. breakfast. The think is my favorite moment from this chapter. Like that made me laugh out loud. That was great. I lied. There was one more thing. I'm oh sorry. my god! No, I have to say it because they're so good. And it, I, I know I, I, I cheat, but ser- <laughs> but seriously, this is there's so much wisdom that we get from characters. Like you know, we had so much wisdom from Gandalf in the last episode, and in this episode, we had a ton of wisdom from Gildor. And there's one other thing that he said. He says uh, the wide world. He's talking about the Shire and how well the Shire hasn't always been your Shire. And it will be different land even after yes. you've left, you know, then. And, you know, he's like, you hobbits have kind of cut yourself off from the world. And Gildor says, the wide world is all about you. You can fence yourselves in, but you cannot ever fence it out. Which is... Solid. Solid. Solid, solid wisdom and also perfect pertaining to our little hobbits right now. Well, hobbits throughout history, it seems like. Hobbits throughout history, too. But especially these these ones who are about to uh, have a pretty big undertaking. Ugh. One of these days I'll be able to only have one, one favorite moment. We and, are that, reading, and that day that will be my favorite yeah, moment. Yeah, but we, I, I swear I think we're reading we're reading like your favorite book, so... Yeah. Like, I get it, I get it. If we were reading a bunch of, whole, bunch of Wonder Woman comics, I'd be doing the exact same thing, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. One last thing I wanted to do, just because I'm curious... I'm curious about because we do a lot of like literary stuff in this with this podcast, and we're a bunch of readers. What are y'all reading outside of this? Not by, besides Lord of the Rings. Uh, well, obviously, I'm reading Huckleberry Finn for my other podcast, Grape Shot. Uh, you should check it out. <laughs> um, other than that, I just started Infinite Jest, and I'm like Solid halfway. Copy. It's big. Yes. Doorstopper. And book. I'm like halfway through uh, a book called Triumph of the City, which is a like a an economic view of urban history, uh, like not like urban demog- demography, but urban planning. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it for now. I'm kind of in between books right now. Um, I have a mind I've wanted to for a while to read A Thousand and One Nights. Um, the problem though is that that's pretty dense and this is pretty dense. That is so super I dense. don't know. I'm, I might. There's there's actually a part in Huckleberry <laughs> Finn which we talked about on yesterday's episode. Where uh, Huck is talking about kings, and he talks about how King Henry VIII had a wife, and he'd kill him, and he'd say, bring a new wife, and he'd kill her, bring a new wife, kill her. And then it just slowly morphs into a thousand one nights. Yeah. <laughs> you realize that Huck doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like, okay, morph Scheherazade in with uh, yeah, basically. Anne Boleyn. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I might decide to tackle it. I've been wanting to read it for a while, so I might, uh, unless, unless I find something else that a little bit lighter to read. We'll see. I realized this past week that I know nothing about Afghanistan. So I picked up a book called The Short History of Afghanistan. Or The the World, The History of Afghanistan in Short or Brief or something like that. Brief mm-hmm. History of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Is this and because you've been playing Metal Gear Solid Yes, five? no, yes. <laughs> I also picked up another book I'm going to start after it, which is all about the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan because I know nothing about that. And, and then like, after you finish that, we're going to watch Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But the I've, I'm already halfway through it. I started reading it uh, a couple nights ago, and it's just super. 
Afghanistan's a super fascinating country. <laughs> like, it really is. It seems like they were always conquered by, by empires whenever that empire was, like, about to wane in power anyway. Like, it's like, oh, we're coming in, we got you. Oh, we're back now. We don't have the money. <laughs> that happened about five times. <laughs> uh, well. Oh, uh, so we actually, I, I wanted to give a shout-out. We received a, uh, a really great email from a listener uh, who had asked us... Um, who, some questions gave us gave us a really nice compliment on the show, so thank you very much for that. Um, and it also requested a couple of sort of special episodes um, or conversations that we could have. And we wanted to say that we are uh, currently planning on doing a couple of sort of special special, special shorts here and there, uh, where we can touch on some topics that we may have may or may not have touched on before, and just go into them a little bit more in depth. Um, for example, you know, we had talked during The Hobbit about the possibility that a lot of people have considered of the Arkenstone maybe being a Silmaril or things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, be looking out for those. And thank you, yeah. kind sir, for thank that you, excellent Adam, email. For, Adam. Yeah, reaching out. Weird yeah. theories about Middle Earth that Tolkien probably would never thought of. <laughs> <laughs> but readers cer- certainly have. <laughs> like, what is it that Christopher Tolkien wrote? That History, weird, of Middle Earth. History, History of Middle yeah. Earth, which is on like the twelfth volume. Now. Yeah, there's, there, yeah, there's like twelve, 12, 12 volumes. Yes. Yep. There's insane. a lot of stuff, guys. <laughs> oh, it's like Frank Herbert's. We're gonna be doing this books. podcast till we're all forty-five <laughs> or fifty, and then we start off on a new or ninety or one hundred. I'm already shaking my head. No, or one hundred and eleven. No, 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 think no, podcasts no. will still be a thing when no. we're one hundred and eleven. <laughs> I draw the line. Anything just written by Jerry Tolkien. I don't even know if I'd be. I don't know if Christopher Tolkien's a good writer. Is he? Oh yeah. We'll find out in three years. He is the executor of the of Tolkien's literary estate. Yeah. Is he a good writer or just like hold on? Is he like Tolkien level or like well, he below is a Tolkien, that? so No, I'm like Jared okay. You don't know what I'm getting at. Alright, thank you for listening everybody. I'm John. I'm Katie. I'm confused. I'm Chase. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, also um, tell tell us what your favorite part of the reading was today and also keep a lookout on our social media. We post questions every now and then. And we like to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.